It's Christmas Eve. And this is no time for a sermon. <laughs> but it is time for a good story. And so I have one for you this night about a Christmas Eve that happened a few years back. The title of this story is, If You're Missing Baby Jesus, Call 7162. When I was a child, my father worked for an oil company in North Dakota. The company moved him around to different parts of the state, and at some point between one move and another, we lost our family crash. Shortly before Christmas, my mother decided to replace the set and was happy to find another at the local five and dime for only $3.99. You can tell this was a while back. When my brother Tom and I helped her unpack the set, we discovered two figures of the baby Jesus. Someone must have packed this wrong, my mother said, counting out the figures. We have one Joseph, one Mary, three wise men, three shepherds, two lambs, a donkey, a cow, an angel, and two babies. Oh dear, I suppose some set down at the store is missing a baby Jesus. Hey, that's great, Mom, my brother and I shouted. Now we have twins. <laughs> You two run back down to the store and tell the manager that we have an extra Jesus. Tell him, to, tell him to put a sign on the remaining boxes saying that if a set is missing a baby Jesus, call 7162. I'll give you each a penny for some candy and don't forget your mufflers, it's freezing cold out there. The manager of the store copied down my mother's message and the next time we were in the store, we caught the saw, saw the cardboard sign that read, if you're missing baby Jesus, call 7162. <laughs> well, all week long we waited for the call to come. Surely, we thought, someone was missing this important figure. Each time the phone rang, my mother would say, I'll bet that's about Jesus. <laughs> but it never was. My father tried to explain that the figurine could be missing from a set in Walla Walla, Washington, and that packing errors occurred all the time. He suggested that we just put the extra Jesus back in the box and forget about it. Back in the box, I wailed. What a terrible thing to do to baby Jesus, and at Christmas time, too. Well, surely someone will call, Mother said. We'll just keep them together in the manger until someone calls. When no call came by 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve, my mother insisted that my father just run down to the store and see if there were any sets left. You see, you could see them right through the window, over on the counter, she said, and if they're all gone, I know someone is bound to call tonight. Run down to the store, my father thundered. It's 15 degrees below zero out there. Oh, Daddy, we'll go with you, I said. Tommy and I will bundle up good and we can look at all the decorations on the way. My father gave a long sigh and headed for the front closet. 
I can't believe I'm doing this, he muttered. Each time the phone rings, everyone yells at me to see if it's about Jesus. And now I'm going off on the coldest night of the year to peek in a window to see if he's there or not. My father muttered all the way down the block while my brother and I raced each other to see the store. I was the first to press my nose up to the window where tiny lights flickered on and off around the window frame. They're all gone, Daddy. I shouted, every cent must be sold. Hooray, my brother joined in, catching up with me. The mystery will be solved tonight. My father, who had remained several steps behind us and, well, mostly silent, turned on his heel and headed back home. Inside the house once more, we saw that the extra figurine had vanished from the set and my mother had appeared to have vanished too. Someone must have called and she went out to deliver the figurine, my father reasoned, pulling off his boots. You kids get busy stringing those popcorn strands for the tree and I'll wrap your mother's present. We'd almost completed one strand when the phone rang. My father yelled for me to answer it. Tell him we found a home for Jesus. <laughs> but when the caller answered, it was not an inquirer. It was my mother with instructions for us to come to 205 Chestnut Street immediately and bring three blankets, a box of cookies, and a carton of milk. Now what has she gotten us into? My father groaned and began to bundle up again. 205 Chestnut, that's about eight blocks away. Wrap that milk up good in the blankets or it'll turn to ice by the time we get there. Why in the name of heaven can't we all just get on with Christmas? It's probably 20 degrees below out there now, and the wind is picking up. Of all the crazy things to do on a night like this, Tommy and I sang Christmas songs at the top of our lungs all the way to Chestnut Street. My father, carrying his bundle of blankets and milk, looked for all the world like St. Nicholas himself with his arms full of goodies. Every now and then, my brother would call back to him, Hey, Dad, let's pretend we're looking for a place to stay, just like Joseph and Mary. Let's pretend we are in Bethlehem, where it's probably 65 in the shade right now. <laughs> the house at 205 Chestnut turned out to be the darkest one on the block. One tiny light burned in the living room and... At that moment, we set our feet upon the porch steps. My mother opened the door and shouted, They're here! They're here! Oh, thank God you got here, Ray. You kids, take those blankets into the living room and wrap up the little ones on the couch. I'll take the milk and cookies. Would you mind telling me what is going on? My father asked. We have just walked through below zero weather with the wind in our faces all the way. Never mind about that, my mother interrupted. There is no heat in this house and this young mother is so upset she doesn't know what to do. Her husband walked out on her and those poor little children will have a very bleak Christmas. So don't you complain. I told her, that you could fix the oil furnace for her. <laughs> my mother strode off to the kitchen to warm the milk while my brother and I wrapped the five little children who were huddled together on the couch. 
The children's mother explained to my father that her husband had run off, taking bedding, clothing, and almost every piece of furniture, but she'd been doing all right until the furnace broke down. I've been doing washing and ironing for people and cleaning at the five and dime, she said. I saw your number every day there. On those boxes, on the counter, when the furnace went out, that number just kept going through my mind. 7162, 7162. Said on the box that if a person was missing Jesus, they should call you. Well, that's how I knew you were good Christian people willing to help folks. I figured that maybe you'd help me. So I stopped at the grocery store tonight and called your missus. I'm not missing Jesus, mister, because I sure love the Lord, but I am missing heat. Me and the kids don't have no bedding, warm clothes. We've got a few Christmas toys that I got for them, but no money to fix the furnace. Okay, okay, my father said kindly. You've come to the right place. Now let's see, you've got a little oil burner over there in the dining room. Shouldn't be too hard to fix. Probably just a clogged flue. I'll look it over and see what it needs. My mother came into the living room carrying a plate of cookies and a tray of cups with warm milk. And as she set the cups down on the coffee table, I noticed the figure of the baby Jesus lying in the center of the table. It was the only sign of the Christmas season in the house. The children stared wide-eyed with wonder at the plate of cookies that my mother had set before them. One of the littlest ones woke up and crawled out from under the blanket. And seeing all the strangers in the house, he began to cry. My mother swooped him up in her arms and began to sing to him, This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. She crooned while the baby wailed. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. She sang on, oblivious to the child's cries. She sang and danced the baby around the room until he settled down again. You hear that, Chester? The young mother said to another child. That woman is singing about the Lord Jesus. Now he ain't ever going to walk out on us. Why, he sent these people to us just to fix our furnace and blankets we've got now, too. Oh, we'll be warm tonight. Jesus saves. That's what he does. My father, finishing his work with the oil burner, wiped his hands on his muffler and said, Well, I've got it going, but you need some more oil. I'll make a few calls tonight and when I get home, and we'll get you some oil. Yes, sir. You've come to the right place. He grinned. Then my father calculated that the furnace was going strong once more, and our family now bundled up and made our way home. My father didn't say a thing about the cold weather, and he barely had set foot inside the front door when he was on the phone. Ed, hey, how are you, Ed? I, I heard him say, oh, yes, Merry Christmas to you, too. Say, Ed, we have a kind of an unusual situation here, and I know you've got that pickup truck. I wonder if we could uh, get some of the boys around and maybe find a Christmas tree, you know, and a couple of things for... 
The rest of his conversation was lost in a blur of words as my brother and I ran to our rooms and began pulling clothes out of our closets and toys off our shelves. My mother checked through our belongings for sizes and games that she thought might do and added some of her own sweaters and slacks to our stack. We were up way past our bedtime that night wrapping our gifts. The men my father had called found oil for the furnace, bedding, two chairs, three lamps, and made two trips to 205 Chestnut Street before the night was done. Our gifts were piled into the truck on the second trip, and even though it must have been 30 degrees below by then, my father let us ride along in the back of the truck. You know, no one ever did call about the missing figure in that crèche set. But as I grow older, I realize that it wasn't a packing mistake at all. Jesus saves. That's what he does. Merry Christmas.